Welcome to this multimedia resource for at-home spiritual growth during our transition from pandemic stay-at-home orders to resuming public worship at Redeemer Lutheran Church. This resource is provided as an interim at-home alternative to our public worship, which has resumed in an outdoor setting. The order of service is available for download on our website. You can print off a copy, follow along that way, or you can look at the slides that are displayed on the screen throughout this morning's presentation. God bless you this morning with growth from his word. Hidden in plain sight, mysterious protection. The service for August 16th. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that we may love you and praise your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Psalm 73 I am always with you, O Lord. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Jesus demonstrates his power to protect. The Gospel is Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind... He was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Many people, even those only barely familiar with the Bible, know the story of Jesus walking on the waters of the Sea of Galilee. The evangelist Matthew tells how after Jesus had miraculously fed 5,000 men on the shores of that sea, he told his disciples to head across the large inland lake by boat while he stayed behind to dismiss the crowd. And then Jesus took some time in solitary prayer. 
and the plan was presumably that Jesus would catch up with them at a later time. Now, you may also recall that the Sea of Galilee was notorious for the sudden and strong winds that often swept across its surface from the nearby mountains. Matthew, who of course was in the boat, records that the wind was against them that night, so it was a slow, strenuous journey across the lake. But apparently not for Jesus. The Son of God decided to traverse the lake, not by boat, not by walking around the shores, but simply traversing it over the water on his own two feet. So when the disciples saw this figure of Jesus walking, walking on this water calmly nearby them in the middle of a huge lake, they thought it had to be a ghost. Which, of course, you know, we might chuckle or laugh at that or shake our heads, but really, I don't know if you or I would have come up with a better explanation. The, the disciples were genuinely terrified of what they saw. They knew people didn't just walk on water. Now, Jesus, who could surely hear the fear in their voices, gave them the divine assurance of comfort they had heard countless times in their reading of the Old Testament scriptures, what God always said, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And then, here's why. And in this case, Jesus said, do not be afraid, because it is I. So you have the sound of Jesus' promise, the sound of his voice, repeating that ancient promise, attached to his words, and this was meant to dispel the disciples' fear. They have Jesus. They have his words. They have his power. Now wait for the Lord. He's coming, even on a lake. But Peter, Peter was not the kind of person who waited. He wants more than the promise of words, and so he tests Jesus. He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out to you on the water. Prove it, Jesus, in other words. And so Jesus replied, come, go ahead. And then there's this famous and mysterious scene. Peter got out of the boat, and it seems he actually did it. He, too, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. This, surely Jesus is giving him this, this remarkable, miraculous event. But then Matthew records, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So bold, brazen Peter had tried to do the impossible only, to sink. He tried to test Jesus, only to discover that he was the one who failed. And to this Jesus said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But that raises an important question, one that will make all the difference in our understanding of this text. What is Jesus rebuking Peter for? What is the specific offense that Jesus is calling him out for? Now, some say that Jesus rebuked Peter for not trusting that he, too, could walk on water. And so preachers will often take this account 
and turn it into an extreme discipleship training seminar. And according to that that approach, it's you and I who are the center of the story then. We're supposed to learn somehow that if you want to be a real Christian, you have to do these extraordinary things. You've got to get out of the boat. You've got to take the leap. You've got to walk on water. You've got to do the impossible. And the only thing stopping you from that is the, the character and strength of just how much you believe. And the assumption is the more you believe, whatever that means, the more crazy, amazing things you can do. So what do we conclude from that when that's what we hear? We'll think, you know, I don't want to be the one of little faith. So I better, I better own up to this. I better rise to the occasion. I got to puff up my faith. And quite often Christians are more than happy to offer all sorts of good things to puff up your faith. We'll say things like, you know, you got to get out of your comfort zone to, to serve Jesus. You got to give till it hurts if you love Jesus. You got to trust in Jesus and do the impossible. And the thing is, there, there is an element of truth to all those things. Being a Christian isn't always easy. Sometimes it is genuinely uncomfortable, and you have to go outside a comfort zone. Christian giving is meant to be a sacrifice. Sometimes giving anything at all hurts. And yes, we do believe the Lord Jesus is capable of doing the impossible, But then we find ourselves not giving to the level that we want or not serving to the level that we aspire or we don't see Jesus doing the impossible things we wish we could see him doing. And so we wonder, does that mean my faith is too little? Is it too worthless? Do I not have enough worth or character in myself to get God's attention and God's favor? And because we haven't walked on water or done whatever over and above deed a Christian pastor or fellow believer imposes on us as the new standard of what it means to be in the category of the weak or the category of the strong, because we haven't done those things, we figure, well, maybe we're not up to the standard. So again, I'll ask, what is Jesus rebuking Peter for? Is it because he sank? Is it because he didn't make the story sufficiently about him? Or is it because he got out of the boat? See, I think you find the answer to that in what, in what Jesus did. Did he pull Peter out of the water and say, all right, that was a good first start. That's what I like to see, Peter, but let's give it another shot, and this time with feeling, with a little more faith. Dig deep. No, Jesus called Peter, you have little faith. Not because he sank, but maybe because he got out of the boat. In fact, that's why Jesus saved him and put him back in the boat where he belonged and referred him once again to the same word, the same promise Peter doubted in the first place. Do not be afraid. It is I. See, this account vividly illustrates something the Bible is very clear on when it comes to the topic of faith. It's not the quantity of your faith or even the quality of your faith that really makes the difference. Faith is not some virtue you cultivate with moral living, nor is it a substance that can be infused into you or that leaks out of you and maybe needs topping off from time to time. Faith 
is really an all-or-nothing proposition. It's simply trusting enough to stay in the boat where Jesus put you and to wait for him, to count on him, to trust his words are true, that it is he. Friends, it's when you and I try to step out on our own strength that we get in trouble. That's when we sink. See, if you and I, if we try to find our faith in the, the deep commitment of our own decision, we say, you know, I decided this. No one decided this for me. I, this is me. Then you're making the story about you, and you're, you're neutralizing what Jesus teaches about faith. If you or I seek our identity and our accomplishments, well, then we, then we sink in that because they can never live up to what we, what we really need. We'll, we'll end up drowning because our inevitable failures will sink us. If you seek safety and your sense of control over the world, well, then, you know, I, I hope you like being afraid. Because life in an uncontrollable world will take away all your joy, if that's where you find your joy, in control. If you seek confidence in the strength of your own belief, well, then I, I hope you might enjoy living in despair, because that's, that's where it'll, you'll be when the toughest moments of life and death come your way, and it, and it feels like you can't muster up any strength of your own. But if you don't like those things, if you don't like sinking, if you don't like despair, if you don't like drowning in failure and that sense of overwhelming weakness, well then, then try this instead. Stay in the boat. Wait for the Lord. Let Jesus walk on the water. Let him do those things, the big things, the God things. Even better, let him be the one to carry out his calling to die on the cross. Let him be the Savior. Let him do the rising again. Because when he does those things, he's doing them for you. You don't need to pay the price for your sins with anything. You don't need to prove your commitment to him with some miraculous effort. He's the one interested in proving his commitment to you. The Lord Jesus has freely saved you from everything under the surface of the deep, death and damnation itself. He walked those waters, more than that, he sank in them to be devoured by the beasts underneath the surface so that you could be safe up here in the boat, in his church. Among the faithful ones called from the darkness by the gospel and nourished in the simple confidence of the sacramental promises Jesus has instituted. Whatever could ultimately harm you, whatever could really sink you forever, has had more than its fill in Jesus. Do not be afraid. It is he. You and I are going to survive this journey across the lake, no matter the wind, no matter the waves, because Jesus put you in this boat. He sent you here. He prepared everything that you would be here this very day, hearing this very message from this very word of God. And he's walking alongside you the whole way as well. Not to call you out, not to spook you, but to make sure you're safe. You are better off in the boat. You're safe in the boat. And when you're safe in the boat, you can wait for the Lord because he is coming. You need not fear because it is he, your Lord, your God, your Savior. Amen. 
Now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Confession and Absolution Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let us confess our sins to God and ask for his forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess to you that I have not loved you with all my heart. In what I have done and left undone, I have pursued my ways instead of your ways. I have not loved others as you command. For this I deserve your punishment now and forever. I am sorry for my sins. I repent of them. I plea for your mercy. Forgive us for the sake of Jesus Christ who suffered and died for us. Cleanse me from my sins. Release me from my guilt. Grant me your Holy Spirit to amend my sinful life. Jesus says to his people, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Do you believe this? Yes, I believe. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven us and reconciled us to God and has promised us the power to forgive and love each other. Relying on his promise, therefore, be reconciled with one another. Brothers and sisters, may the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, in our words, and in our actions. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, preserve us from all harm and danger that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish what you have, what you want done. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord God, all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works come from you. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments. Defend us also from the fear of our enemies, that we may live in peace and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Christ Jesus has set you free. Thanks be to God. 